Are the Boston Red Sox really a playoff team? It sure seems like it as they swept a two-game series against the best team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves, as we head into San Francisco. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut. Thanks for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every day. I'm a former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox. As the team did come off of a great two-game sweep against the best team in baseball right now, the Atlanta Braves, so I'm going to be breaking down game two of that series and what some of the highlights were. I'm also going to be giving an update on a Red Sox starter that they've surely been missing from a health of their rotation standpoint, and the Red Sox received some exciting news about him, so I'm going to be giving an update on that, as well as the Red Sox trade deadline approach um, as we get closer and closer into the final days of the deadline. So the Red Sox had a great two games against the Braves. I had high hopes for the series. I really felt like the Red Sox were actually going to split the series. I had said I was happy with the split. Because the way that they looked in the series against the Mets, they had a lot of momentum on their side. The offense really showed up to win the series against the Mets. Um, You know, they were riding on a two-game win streak heading into the series against Atlanta. So I had asked for a split, and then they won game one in dominant fashion, 7-1. to And so I was feeling pretty good because I said, obviously, you know, this is the time where they really need to win games if they want to compete for a wild card spot. Um... But I'll gladly take a split against the Braves because they are the best team in baseball right now. Um, But the Red Sox obviously surpassed my expectations. They won game two as well with Bayo on the bump. Hashtag Bayo bump day, everybody. And he looked really good overall. I mean, he threw six innings, giving up four hits and three earned runs. But it was really one mistake that he made. He gave up a three-run homer um, to Ozzie Albies. And... It was crushed. The ball was absolutely crushed. There was nothing you could really do about it. Albies is a great hitter. I give the guy a ton of credit. And um, Bayo, you know, don't look at the box score to judge Bayo's pitching performance. Because for the majority of those six innings, he really was shutting down the Braves' offense. And then he got into a little bit of trouble and then um, just gave up the home run. But... There wasn't much else you really could have asked for from him. Overall, it was a solid start. I mean, he got out of base traffic other than that, and the Braves have a great lineup. So, you know, the chances of him holding them to zero runs was pretty slim. But he overall looked pretty good. I mean, he needed, you know, a good start, and he overall got one. Um, It was – it's always tough, you know, like when you have a lineup – like the Braves they are going against, they're going to hit pitchers hard. They're going to make them work, and that's exactly what they did to Bayo. They put a lot of pressure on him from the beginning of the game on. Um, so it's really hard to completely shut down an offense like that, but Bayo did what he could. He kept the Red Sox in it to allow the comeback that they made. Um, and besides that one mistake, he really did look pretty good overall in the start. 
On the offensive side, you know, it was some of the usual suspects. Mr. Clutch, you guessed it, Justin Turner woke up again, as always, and um, hit a go-ahead two-run double in the seventh inning with the Red Sox down 3-2, and he came through and put the Red Sox up 4-3, a lead that they would never lose after that. So he really has come up so big for the Red Sox this season with the situational hitting. He has a 343 average with runners in scoring position on the season right now, which is the best in the American League. Um, And everything he does at the plate is just so mature and so disciplined. And I know I always use that word when talking about Turner, but I really do mean it. I mean, he is the guy you want at the plate when there's runners on, especially in that type of situation when it's a close game and you want one of your best hitters there to come in and take care of business. Justin Turner is the guy that I want up at the plate a thousand percent in those situations. So he did it once again, put the Red Sox on top and they never lost that lead after that. Um, You know, and then Devers, Duvall and Casas each crushed a home run. I mean, this team right now is really, really playing like a playoff team. And those balls were absolutely crushed, like no doubt home runs. Adam Duvall, he's really been hitting well since he's been in a Red Sox uniform this season, played in a few games and then went on the injured list. And since coming back from the injured list, he really has started to find his swing again. Um, So his future, you know, obviously is in question. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few days with the outfield situation. I do expect there to be an outfielder moved. Um, You know, I think Duvall is the most likely, but it could possibly be Verdugo. I wouldn't like to see that happen. As you know, I've been very vocal about my opinion on Alex Verdugo. I think he deserves to stay here and and get extended although he is struggling right now at the plate, but I do trust that he'll figure that out. He did have a really nice catch um, in the game today late. Um, I really thought that it was going to be a home run, um, and it scared me, Um, and it was late in the game, but Verdugo made a really nice catch. So defensively, he's still showing up and playing up to par, even though he hasn't been able to hit lately. Um, So I'm not overly concerned about him at the plate. I think he'll fix that, and he'll come back to, um, you know, being – the Alex Verdugo that we all know. Um, So it'll be interesting, though, with Duvall, what happens. I mean, he's been hitting well, and obviously Devers and Casas. I mean, Casas has really come a long way. He's hitting over 400 in his last 12 games. He really is is unbelievable right now, and he's starting to really find his game and what works for him, which is all we really were waiting for with him. Um, Like I said, you know, it does take patience when it comes to players in his situation. You've just got to – be patient and let them figure it out. And he's really starting to figure it out. So that's promising. Um, You know, it was overall a great game with situational hitting and good defense. And the Red Sox, you know, we've seen too many situations this season where they've played poor defense and they can't score with runners on base. And they did everything right in tonight's game. I mean, you couldn't really ask for much else from them. Um, When you look at, you know, overall what they did, holding the Braves to just that one home run and the one mistake by Bayo. Overall, it was a very well-played game by the Red Sox and a well-played series. Another huge thing that happened in the game in the ninth inning, Connor Wong had a massive pickoff to help Kenley Jansen out significantly with traffic on the bases because he came in in the ninth inning with the Red Sox having a two-run comfortable lead. You know, at least there was a little bit of a cushion there thanks to that Duval home run. Um, And, you know, 
Jansen, for the most part, has been pretty trustworthy. He'll get the job done, even if he doesn't always do it in the best way. And it can be very stressful sometimes. Um, you know, you can take game two of the series as a prime example of that. So he can stress me out quite a bit, to be honest. But Connor Wong helped him out um, by picking off a runner trying to steal second base. And it was um, a great play, a great throw by him, and a great tag by Arroyo. And that really, really helped solidify this win for the Red Sox. They've just got to carry this momentum into San Francisco next, um, you know, an off day, and then go to San Fran. And let's just hope that this continues because this team that showed up against the Braves looks like a playoff team, but the team that showed up against Oakland did not. And I hate to dwell on that series, but again, it goes back to the fundamentals of not playing down to the competition because they seem to perform well against the over 500 teams and not as well against the under 500 teams. So if they can continue to really perform in this way that they did in this past series and also in the series against the Mets, that's the team that, you know, we want to see. And that's the team that I think has a really, really solid chance of, you know, making a playoff run. So they've just got to keep winning series because that's going to be the key to clinching a wild card spot is just keep winning series. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about a pitcher who received a positive update and could have an earlier trajectory for returning than you might think. Um, Chris Sale, I'm going to be discussing him coming up because uh, you know, we we could see him sooner rather than later. It is the summer, so obviously I expect you're having cookouts, having friends and family over, especially because it's been hot and very, very sunny lately. It's that time of year. So are you picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue? I'm sure you are, and you know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it? You can with Ibotta. It's officially summer and a new season means new clothes, but your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make those purchases. Now you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. I mean, all these summer things you can get for a really good deal with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. Anything that gives discounts, I am all for. Anything that I can get cash back for, I'm definitely all for. So definitely check out Ibotta because they absolutely have you covered with all your summer needs from grocery items for those cookouts to cute clothing. So head to Ibotta and use the code MLB. Chris Sale received an exciting update from the Red Sox. So he could be coming back earlier than expected. He's expected to begin a rehab assignment on Tuesday, which is an earlier timeline than he was originally given. And the Red Sox are saying he may only have to make one rehab start, which would be absolutely huge for the team. Um, Because obviously, you know, Chris Sale hasn't had the best season. He was 5-2 and with a 458 ERA prior to going on the IL. He recorded 71 strikeouts in 58, 59 innings. So 
you know, obviously there's some things about his performance this season to be concerned about, but he was starting to get his groove back before going on the injured list. And my thought on all of this is even if he's not great when he comes back, he still will help simply by being another body that can be on that pitching staff because the Red Sox really for a while now have only been pitching with three healthy starters. And I keep saying, you know, let's try to acquire a pitcher so that we can, um, you know, give the bullpen some more rest. Um, And Chris Sale coming back, he may not be, you know, a one or two worthy starter, which I don't expect him to be, nor do I think the Red Sox expect that. But if you can just have him be simply that four or five starter to add back into the rotation so that you use one less bullpen game, that's going to help tremendously because that's going to already give your relievers more rest, which they will need down the stretch here as the Red Sox are really, really trying to fight for that wild card spot. So by bringing Chris Sale back in, even if he's not, you know, the Chris Sale that people would hope to see, he simply can provide value just by being added back into the rotation. And even if he is the last starter of the of four, if when you bring him back in, he still will help out from that standpoint. And just by being able to have somebody else who can like likely provide you longevity and pitch quite a few innings, that is going to make a difference alone. I mean, you know, obviously Chris Sale hasn't had the best injury history. He's been absolutely taxed and can't catch a break and has missed a lot of time. But to be able to bring somebody back in to the rotation that can help it is just going to be a good thing for the Red Sox, no matter how he performs. Um, I wonder what this means for the rest of the pitching staff. I mean, with Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock also scheduled to come back, um, that's going to be fantastic. I do think one of them moves to the bullpen, um, either Whitlock or Houck. I actually could see them being more likely to move Houck back to the bullpen than Whitlock because they seem pretty set on wanting Whitlock to be a starter. But it really could be either or because both of them have spent time in the bullpen and in the rotation. So whoever the Red Sox decide to move back to the bullpen, it would make sense either way because they both have experience doing both things. I think either one could provide a lot of value out of the bullpen, which we've seen. Um, so I do think the Red Sox could move one of them back to the bullpen or, you know, um, it would be interesting to see what they do with Cutter Crawford. I've always liked him as a reliever. I think, you know, since he has a longevity problem going deep into games, he could provide a lot of value out of the pen. But Nick Pavetta seems to have really established himself as kind of that long-term reliever that can provide a lot of innings for you um, in the middle innings of the game just like he did in game one against the Braves. Um, so if you have Pavetta kind of in that role, then maybe you don't necessarily look into adding somebody else to the bullpen who can provide a lot of innings, but rather just another piece to simply provide bullpen depth. Um, you know, so I do think somebody gets moved back to the bullpen whether that's Whitlock, Houck, or less likely Crawford. I think Crawford is a possibility, but the least likely of the three. Um, so one of those people I expect to be moved back to the bullpen. But if they can bring Chris Sale in and he can just provide even some 
of what he provided before, that still will help the Red Sox out with their current pitching situation. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of Sale. I think he works really hard and he is dedicated and wants to be here. And he constantly is pushing himself, maybe sometimes a little bit harder than he should so that he can get back. And I have a lot of respect for guys who really push themselves like that because you really need that kind of work ethic and that kind of mental toughness to be able to return and come back. And Chris Sale absolutely has that. He's a great locker room guy. So I think he'll be able to bring some camaraderie to the clubhouse when he does come back um, because we've seen him be able to rally this team and really be a voice for the pitching staff to bring everybody together. So I think his personality is something that is going to make a difference when he comes back. Um, and he can really help be that guy who can help this team envision that playoff spot. So bringing Chris Sale back, like I said, again, I don't expect him to be a one or two caliber starter when he's back, nor do I think the Red Sox expect that. But if he can come in and be a back end of the rotation guy, that is helping the Red Sox pitching staff out a lot because it can get really taxing on relievers to be expected to pitch that many days. And it's amazing how many games the Red Sox have been able to win with going with three starters. Um, they have the best record in the majors in July. Um, they really have a lot of momentum going right now. And they're really starting to shape into their identity. I feel like this team is an interesting mix of young talent that are finding their way and really developing and showing that they're going to be big pieces of the future of this team with a mix of veterans who have the experience being in pressure situations. And that's why guys like Justin Turner are so important because they can kind of show the younger guys how it's done and um, be able to really provide value that way. So there's a solid mix of players on this team, a lot of talent. It really was to me about putting it all together. And with these guys coming back from injury um, on the pitching staff, that's going to be really, really fun to see them all come back because I think this leaves the Red Sox with a lot of options of who they could move where. But if Chris Sale's timeline is earlier than expected, I just see that as an overall win. I don't really see how that could be a, a um, negative for the Red Sox. So hopefully, you know, he continues on the path that he's on. Him only having to make one rehab start would be pretty incredible. And then maybe he comes back sooner than expected. So that's what I'm hoping for. So fingers crossed for Chris Sale, because I'd love to see him back with the Red Sox sooner rather than later. Coming up, I'm going to be addressing the Red Sox deadline focus because they did make an announcement about what they're aiming for at the deadline and kind of what their goal is. So I'm going to be touching on all of that next. Don't forget to follow me on my social media accounts. Follow me on Twitter at GabbyHurlbot10, on Instagram at Gabby underscore Hurlbot10, and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox. You can also be sure to check out Lockdown Red Sox for free on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube. And you can also share the show with friends and family, continue to leave a re review, leave a rating, like it, subscribe. Um, keep the conversation going um, and just have fun with it. The Red Sox are a fun team right now and baseball is a fun sport. It's not meant to be too serious. So enjoy it with me and let's uh, go through, um, you know, all the fun times and the tough times together. And if they do 
make the playoffs, then we can all be excited about that together. So be sure to continue to listen. And Monday through Friday, I am here talking all things Boston Red Sox and going through all of the emotions with you. Speaking of the Red Sox in the playoffs, Heim Bloom recently said that the team still wants to focus on the longer-term vision. And at this trade deadline, they're not planning on focusing on acquiring rentals. Their plan is to focus on still acquiring players that can be part of the long-term future for the franchise, which absolutely 100% makes sense to me. I don't think the Red Sox are in a position right now where they should be trading for rentals because they have a really, really good mold going right now. And they have a foundation built that they're trying to work off of and they're developing some of their young talent. And there's other players in the system that I still expect to come up and really contribute um, down the road. So any moves that they make at the trade deadline at this point, I expect it to be strategic. I think um, if they do acquire some players, it'll be players that they really see being a part of the future. I still feel like pitching is going to be the main thing they address at the deadline. I feel like they try to bring in another starter and maybe a reliever. Um, you know, obviously they got a couple minor league um, relievers from the Dodgers in the Kike trade, but I do think they try to get a major league caliber starter to add to the rotation. So whether that's Jordan Montgomery, Lance Lynn, Blake Snell, any of the guys that I've discussed before, if they want to add one of those players, by all means, they should do it. But I feel like whoever they do decide to bring in from that group, if they do, it's going to be a pitcher that they see a lot of upside with longer term. Um, and I like that. I, I really feel like that's good for the Red Sox. If they do bring in a pitcher as somebody who they see themselves wanting to extend longer term. Um, so that would be the goal. I think, you know, they have players coming back from injury. And I think those players coming back, they're going to see as a huge deadline move for them. And I put that in quotes for those of you um, not viewing on YouTube and didn't see that I just did the fingers in quotes, because that's not making a literal move. That's just players coming back from injury. I do think the Red Sox weigh that more than you might think. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of talent that has been injured and those players coming back will make an impact on the team. So that's why I don't expect them to make a huge splash at the trade deadline for a massive piece. That's going to be a game changer. I think they see the pieces coming back as a trade deadline, you know, acquisition for them as an upgrade because these guys I mentioned in the last segment of, you know, Whitlock and Hauk and even Trevor Story um, just outside of pitching, those guys coming back are going to make the Red Sox better. So I feel like because of that, they might not really prioritize acquiring, um, you know, a lot of pieces here. If anything, I think it's one to two pieces at best. And I think it's players that they don't really have to give up a lot for that aren't as expensive, but could be a part of the rotation in the future moving forward. So whoever that may be, I do expect it to be a pitcher who maybe hasn't had like the craziest season this year, but has a lot of upside in the future. And those are the types of guys the Red Sox will be targeting. Um, I don't think they need a lot. I think maybe an armor or two at best. And even if they do all of this, you know, 
they go out and they acquire a starter or they acquire a reliever or maybe one of each and they make some moves to acquire these players, say they miss the playoffs by one or two games, would I be bummed? Absolutely, 100%. And it's unfortunate missing the playoffs, and it's not as fun watching October baseball if your team isn't in it. But even if they miss the playoffs by one or two games, we can look at the future and realize that the future of this team is so bright regardless, because now it seems like all the pieces are really starting to come together. And Heimblum's vision that he's had for this team ever since he came in really seems to be coming to life in terms of developing some of this young talent, really generally building a team instead of just trying to rely on bringing in all this top tier talent and, you know, running up your payroll for all this top notch talent to have it not necessarily work. I mean, look at the Rays compared to the Mets, Padres, and Yankees who all have major payrolls and the Rays don't. And the Rays are, you know, in a really good spot right now and are probably going to be a playoff team. So you don't necessarily need to have the bigger payrolls in baseball. And I think Tampa Bay has really showed us that. It's about really having the right mix of talent that is in your organization to help your team succeed. And the Red Sox are really showing that they're trying to aim for that and head in that direction. Um, So I don't think the Red Sox will sit pat in the next few days at the trade deadline. I don't necessarily think that trading Kike was all they were going to do. I think that move was more, first of all, because it wasn't working with him in Boston anymore, but also because they did need to do something about the middle infield because it was just an overcrowded position that the Red Sox had. And Heimblum did address that because they just had a mix of, you know, middle infielders that were alternating through, but it was hard to get them all playing time on the field. And as a result, it also affected the outfield. Um, if Kike had to play in the outfield because other play- people were playing in the infield that day, So I think that was more a logistical type of move. Um, But I don't think moving Kike and acquiring those two minor league pitchers was all they were going to do. I think if I'm the Red Sox and I'm Heim Bloom, I'm looking at it as I want to get some pitchers back that we can develop in our system and can really be reliable later on. I don't think they you know, traded for those pitchers with the intention of them making an immediate impact today on the Boston Red Sox. I think they acquired those pitchers because they can start in AAA. And then if they are able to kind of acclimate themselves quickly to being with the Boston Red Sox in our system and be able to contribute a little bit this season, they probably see that as a bonus. But I think they see those two pitchers as arms they can use in the future that can really help contribute to the team. So when I'm looking at the trade deadline and I'm looking at the move they already made, I don't see that being the move that they say, okay, this is how we want to address the trade deadline and this is what we're rolling with now. I think that move was more... Um, a future type of move like okay we can get some good prospects back in the deal that are in the Dodgers system that we can really develop through our organization and can be good arms moving forward for us so I think when it comes to the trade deadline I still think they get MLB caliber pitchers not necessarily ace caliber pitchers which I don't think they need based on how Bayo and Paxton have been pitching but I do think they maybe get like a fourth or fifth starter to um, go along with this rotation. And obviously, you know, Chris Sale coming back 
would be part of this, but his injury history has made it hard to really, um, you know, rely on just that. So I do think they bring somebody else in that immediately can help the team right now, but they also want to be part of the future. Whereas with the Kike trade, I think the players they got back in return in that trade are more for the future as opposed to right now, whereas at the trade deadline, I think they're going to make a move that addresses both. So it, it'll be interesting to see if they do that and see what happens. But I do think the Red Sox are in a good spot right now, regardless of what happens. I think we're really starting to see that the future is bright for this team and the plan is really coming to fruition. So I'm really excited to see how it all plays out the next couple of days. But I have faith in the Red Sox and you know, let's just hope that they keep playing like this and they keep the momentum going. Just keep the faith. Let's go Red Sox. And I will catch you on the flip side.